Welcome back to your next stop. It's Juliette Hahn. In this episode, I speak to Beth Nydick, who is a PR expert strategist. I say it every time. I know I do, but I am truly excited for you guys to learn how Beth became an entrepreneur, what she did before kids. She was a TV producer, and then she decided to stay home and then created her own brand, not by accident, but very much on purpose, but through it, learned all these strategies that she teaches us some of the key points on this episode. So you do not want to miss it. And also, I wanted to share something with you. I don't know if you guys realize, but I have a workshop that helps you find your creative passion and get unstuck in life. So if you're listening to this episode and you're you're thinking, you know what? I love all these guests that Juliet has on. How do I kind of tap into my creative passion and kind of go to that next level? Well, you can check out my workshop. You can get a little bit more information. It is not expensive at all. And it is self-paced. So you can kind of do it yourself, learn stuff. And then I also do offer one-on-one strategy calls afterwards to kind of get you to that next stop. So definitely go check it out. It's called Your Next Stop. It's on my website, IamJulietteHahn.com. This episode is brought to you by Together Women Rise. Together Women Rise is dedicated to ensuring that every woman and girl has the opportunity to live freely, pursue her dreams, and reach her full potential. They are a powerful community of women and allies engaged in learning, giving, and community building. Please visit Together Women Rise at togetherwomenrise.org to learn more and to join them. Have you ever been listening to your favorite podcast and that moment comes up and you think, oh my gosh, I need to share it? Well, now you can with Picked Cherries. What I love about Picked Cherries so much is that when I'm listening to my favorite podcast and that moment comes up that I want to share, I can take a snippet, which is called a Picked Cherry, and I can send that to my friends and family so they can get involved in the podcast that I love. It's almost like sending an IG or a TikTok. Available now, iOS and Android. If you're not picking cherries, are you really listening to podcasts? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Your Next Stop. I say it every single time. You guys know this, but I am so excited because I am bringing you another story of a woman that has followed a passion and turned it to a business. Welcome, Beth Nydick, who is a PR expert and strategist, and I can't wait to dive into this. So welcome, Beth. How are you? Juliet, I've been waiting so long to talk to you. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I know. And so we have to, because I always tell my listeners kind of where we met. We met actually on Fireside. But not as, but we because we met in person, which was which was crazy. Um, one of those one of those one fun nights where we met in person, and it was um, ever since then we stayed connected because we just both loved each other's energy, and I love what you were doing, and it's been so cool to also see you grow since we. I mean, it's now almost a year, isn't it? Yeah, and I got to watch you grow as well. So you know, we actually just. You know, when you meet somebody and you're like, hey, I like this chick. And we were both like, I like you. So we just, you know, we text all the time and talk and it's just nice to be able to support each other. Which is so fun. And we totally did. I mean, that night it was, I mean, and I'm not going to go into it, but it was right around when Doyle, my listeners know, passed away, but it was an important meeting. So I didn't want to to let that in. However, I am someone that wears my emotions on my sleeve, so I can't keep anything. And so I kept downing my wine and then 
of course. <laughs> it came out when I had had too many. My dog yeah. just died and I didn't want to tell everyone else because I didn't want it to bring down, you know, the mood. And so it was, oh my, it was so funny. Um, so Beth, this is what I do. I know you've listened to the podcast. Um, I'm excited for you to share with everyone what you do and how you founded this path uh, of being our PR strategist expert. Totally. Well, I'll tell, I'll start with what I do. So when I say PR strategist, people don't always understand what it is, or they think I own an agency, or they think I do strategy. Guess what? I do both. But what this is like the underlining message with everything I do is that not only do I support my clients in earning media, but I actually, this is the crazy part, I actually make sure their businesses are set up to monetize all the visibility. Because I made a horrific mistake that I still feel to this day when I talk about it, that really burst all of this out in the open. So years ago, I was a TV producer after kids. I was like, okay, what can I do with my skills? So I actually started being a food blogger. I was lucky enough that Dr. Oz picked me up and I became a food blogger for him for a couple of years. But let's talk about my first appearance. I went to Lord and Taylor and got a dress, you know, like I did that had my hair done. I had hired somebody to help me with my website, make sure I had my messaging on point. Like I, this, I knew how to be ready for a TV spot being a former producer. And I was freaking ready. I went in the city they drove, I had a car take me to the city, you know, the whole yeah. fancy schmancy thing. I had a great segment. They loved me. They already invited me back. And I was on freaking cloud nine, right? Three days later, because why check my website and everything that's happening? Somebody said to me, you like, is your opt-in working? I was like, of course it's working. I set it up before I left. Guess what? It was not working. Right. So all of those people that came to my website that day, got to read something, but I didn't get a chance to capture any of their emails. And anyone that's listening, that's an entrepreneur, emails are pretty important in growing your, you know, growing what you're doing. So at that day, when I, I take that back. Once I got over it, I stopped crying. And a couple <laughs> months later, I was like, oh, this is something I can lean into. This is something I can share and other people can learn from me. Um, and as I went through the iterations of my business. Um, a couple of years later, I had a cookbook that was published called Clean Cocktails, Righteous Recipes for the Modern Mixologist. And I was doing, we got traditionally published. I was doing TV to support it. I was doing all these speaking engagements to support it. And I started helping my friends like behind the scenes with their back end of their business, getting it set up. Like I legit would be like, Juliet, I'll meet you at the library for an hour. I'll help you out. Like, of course you're my friend. Right. My husband after like the fifth time I did that, he was like, I think you should be doing this and stop talking about broccoli. Like, cause I was in the food <laughs> space. Right. Um, and then, so after, ever since then, I really leaned into understanding how media actually crosses with your business. Um, since I've been, actually been an online entrepreneur since 2009. So I've been doing this for a while. I kind of know what I'm doing. Yeah. I actually know what I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> but I was actually, and I was able to convert my superpowers. We always talk about your skills and your superpowers to connect with things that really made me happy, which is connecting people and being in front of the camera, which I love. So, I mean, and it's, it's so cool to have seen it at where it was to where it is now, but I want to go back. Like, where okay. did you go to university? What did you study? Was, you know, this always your path? Did you always know you wanted to go into TV? Can you give my listeners a little bit of that? So I, I always knew I wanted to be in TV. Like I wanted to produce commercials. I wanted to be the actress. Like my mom sent me, so my mom sent me, my mom, my parents sent me in 19, I'm going to date myself now, 1983 to a camp called French Woods, which happened to be at that time, the premier acting camp in the Northeast. 
Sarah Jessica Parker was a counselor there when I was there. Like oh she God. would hang out with me sometimes. Like it was right. awesome, very cool, right? So as I went through school, and I think I, I think I think I'm not gonna tell you how old I was. I want to. I don't want to figure it out. But I was like ten or eleven, right? <laughs> right. Um, and I and I did every JCC play, you know, Jewish Center play. I did every town, everything. But I never got the leads. I can't sing. I was much better like behind the scenes, managing things, putting things together. Uh, when I first got to New York after school, I went to Ithaca College and I didn't get into the TV program. So I was a corporate communications major, but I took all the TV classes. I was on all the TV shows. I was an avid TV watcher. And I, in college, I think I understood that I saw TV as a business. And I can understand why, you know, there was like a Coca-Cola in this shot. And then you saw the Coca-Cola ad a few, a few minutes later. But you got it like for the listeners, this was like the early 90s. So there's no Facebook, there's no Instagram, the internet. I don't even think I had an actual email address at this time or my own computer. Now that I think about it, right? Right. So it really goes back to that. But I always wanted to perform and be out there. Um, truth be known, I'm actually um, a middle child. Hey to all those middle kids out there that need to be seen, heard, and just listened to. Um, there's actually a exercise. It's like a Dean Graziano, T- Tony Robbins exercise I learned a few years ago called um, Seven Layers Deep. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Mm-mm. So essentially, the exercise is this. You start off, the first question is, why is it important for you to be successful? And then you would answer it. And then you ask yourself six more times the answer to that question. So when you get down to the crux of it, like why you're actually doing what you're doing and why it, why it matters to you and why it's important to you, you actually figure out like what that piece is in you that has you going every day. And for me, it's to be seen, heard, and acknowledged. And it kind of makes sense, right? Like you know me pretty well. It kind of makes sense. Like I like to be in the front of the camera. I like to be the one in the front of the room, the center of attention. Like that's my right. thing, but it's all feeding that piece of, I like to be seen and heard and paid attention to. Right. And you know, what's so funny is, um, I remember when I had my first sales job out of school and my listeners know, you know, my story, it was the, my boss who was actually, I think she was a year younger than me, but she was a dynamite. She had already like sold a company. Like I was like, Oh my God, this woman is amazing. Yeah. She was already had like worked and sold a company and she, we were working for a British organization. And I remember we did this exercise and it was like, okay, what is it about sales that you love and everyone? And I think there was, I was like the third employee. There was not meant like it was like a real startup startup. And the other two salespeople, uh, were like, uh, money. We want to make money. And it stopped on me. And I said, I just want to be on the leaderboard. Like I want to be acknowledged. Like I want you to be like, I'm so proud of you. Excite, like great job. And yes, the money's great. And I know that will come, but for me, it's, it's being acknowledged and, you know, and, and I am a middle child as well. <laughs> so. that's, how, that's how we get along and understand each other. But it, it, when you understand what that crux is, either what your block around it is or how that's your superpower, I just find like that. And I do, when I do my workshops or in my group or or private clients, I do it a lot. And we do it often because when you're actually honest with yourself and you can see where your trauma comes from or your less than comes from all that stuff, and you can get that out of the way, then showing up on camera, being yourself, being your ugly self, that's much easier. Um, I always tell my clients, like your first Facebook live is going to be horrendous. Just accept it. Right. Your 15th one. Great job your 50th one, you're on fire, right? You know, for the podcast, like oh, go yeah. back to your first five podcasts, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that I did that. I sound like that, right? And you're right. 150th, you're like, 
I'm in my pajamas and a t-shirt. Who cares? (laughs) Right. Totally. (laughs) Right. I got my makeup on literally three minutes before I was jumping on Mm -hmm. here. Like it was just like easy. Um, but so I love that. So I also want to kind of go back to, did you, uh, and other than just your being a middle child, did you have anyone in your life that was a performer that, you know, you saw in that aspect, or it was just something that was really innate in you? It was from watching TV. Yeah. It really was watch. I love talk so- shows, Donahue, Sally, Jesse, you know, what was on at that time, Merv Griffin had his own talk show. Remember? Yeah. Like I like that talk, that talk show format. So when I had my first opportunity to get an internship, uh, um, my first internship was with Jay Leno at the Tonight Show. Right. And to see, you know, talk about like the dots back. I would have my own like fake talk shows in my basement. And that would be the show or I'd be the MC of like, I, <laughs> I remember there was a kid that lived down the street. We we're all like on the street and we all dressed up to do like our own pieces of the play. And like he dressed up as the monkeys from the Wizard of Oz. I was, <laughs> I was like... I think I was a talk show host. Like we were right. all different things, you know, and I would host these like events in my garage or my basement because I always like to make people smile and like make people feel good about themselves while seeing themselves in it. Like right. that was a proponent for me. And you saw that you, that was a strength of yours. You saw like there was probably totally. a time where it like your family, you were trying to get someone's attention and you did something and everyone stopped and was like, wait, I love that. Do it again. And you're like, wait a second, I'm getting attention. That's good. And then it just kind of spirals from there. So I love that because exactly. I had, um, one of my guests owns, it's called the celebrity source. And she and I worked together way back when it's a talent agency. And I'm Lori, if you're listening in and then I said that wrong, I'm sorry, but it is, <laughs> it, it was so fun to listen to her episode. And this was a, a, a long time ago now, but she said she always knew that she wanted to get involved in some sort of TV because she was a latchkey kid. So she grew up uh-huh. on the Brady bunch and all of that. And she yep. loved being in there. And, and then she did, she actually, we worked together at that, that same agency that I was talking about where I was like, no, I just want to be acknowledged. Um, (laughs) and so she was there, but the thing is that she knew that that's what she wanted to do. And it took her all these different steps and all these different learning things. And then she found this agency and she actually told the woman, Hey, do you need like an East coast rep? But the lady was like, no, I don't. She's like, okay, I think you do. Let's work together and kept on that woman and now owns it, like bought it from that woman. But it's because when she was little, she's like, I just remember just being excited going home with my brothers and like watching those shows. And so it is something, you know, we always think, and I take this back to the podcast a lot, you know, we see something innately. I had another guest that always knew she wanted to be an entrepreneur, always knew, but she's like, I don't know why I wanted to. Her dad was a professor. Her mom worked. Um, I forget what her mom was, but her mom also worked outside the home or maybe was, you know, stayed home. And I said to her, okay, well, where do you think that came from? You know, she didn't have an idea. She just knew she wanted to be an entrepreneur. So she would like listen to find that, like, what was it that she was going to create? And it's so funny. I talk about this a lot of times. It's the baby bump. It's actually a maternity, like rent the runway maternity clothes line. And she does. mm -hmm. But it was in like a meeting. But I said to her, where do you think that came from that you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Like, that's very interesting. If you weren't seeing it, like, what was that innate? You know, I'm sure there was like a grandmom or someone. And she goes, no, that's so funny that you just said that. You know, actually, my dad was a professor, but for a short time, he owned a store with a, with a, like a friend and we would go to dinners and it was like the kids running around and my dad and this man, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of brainstorming and getting excited. And I said, and it kind of went back. I have to, I always, I, I bring this episode up a lot because it was really one of those things that I loved. She all of a sudden, wait, 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 what? Wait. And I said, 
What was the energy of your dad coming home as the professor versus oh. your dad coming home as the entrepreneur? And, and she said, oh, it was a very different energy. I mean, he was happy being a professor, but that was like where we, that's where he made money. But there was the, the skip in his step. There was this excitement right. when he, and I said, you've been chasing that. That's what you've been chasing. And, and I said, I'm not a therapist, but that's, to me, that's exactly mm -hmm. what you were doing. So I love kind of digging into that because it's really cool because I'll have other guests, um, Malibu Milk, actually, that's one that she created this product, but she was always an entrepreneur. Her dad was an entrepreneur. Her mom was an entrepreneur. Yeah. They worked together. That was something that she was just born to do. And not everyone is born to be an entrepreneur. Some people fall into it because it's like, okay, it's right. convenient and it, it works for their lifestyle, but other people are just really bred for it and born. So when you stopped you know, cause you were like, I'm, I want to raise kids now and being a TV right. producer, that's, you know, it's, that's extremely no. <laughs> challenging. You can't do that. Um, what was it then? And I know you kind of touched on this. Your husband was like, I think you need to do this. What was it? And how old were the kids? So like, really, where were you around there? So you created this book, yeah. you created other things when the kids were, you know, at what age did you get right. that? So I actually started doing that kind of stuff when I was, before I got pregnant, I, so my, my parents are entrepreneurs. My okay. dad owns car washes. He owns his own electrician, electrician plate, you know, all in that vein. My mom did everything from made jewelry and sold pocketbooks. Like she always was doing something. But maybe think of when you said that, like, I remember when I was 13, she went back to work. Like she had her own business, right? There was an office and she wasn't home after school. And that was like my, the most horrible day of my entire life. Right. Like anyone you're talking about, I can remember being like, what do you mean you're not going to be home? And I'm like 13, 14 years old thinking, you don't want your mom home at 14, right? Right, but, but you after did. After yeah. school, my mom would sit with us and we watched the, the talk shows. And, you know, so that was part of the ritual. But I always knew that I did not want to sit at a desk, even though I sit at a desk a lot now. But I always wanted to be up and running and doing. So watching TV, I always thought like what they were doing behind the scenes, like what they were up to. And right. So I was in TV. Um, but when I was pregnant, I just couldn't do it. I was so big. My oldest son was 10, two when he was born. Like, I, and I'm only five, one, you know, it was like one of those kind of things. Right. So I was really, I was going to be a stay at home mom. That's what I was going to do. I was not going to work. I was going to be the head of Hadassah and the head of all the charities. Like I was, gonna, I'm still a chief and not an Indian. My friends always said to me, like, if you were a teacher, you'd be principal. Right. But I, that's just the kind of my, my whole vibe. Right. Because I can take a mess and make an order. And that's why I was a good producer because I can take this mess and I, now I take people's businesses that are a mess or not quite organized and make them smaller and make it be able to manage all. Right. But my kids went to school when my, when my kids were little, when I had my first one, I still, my sister and I were doing like diaper bags. So I've always kind of been doing something. Um, but when they were in kindergarten, my kids are only one year apart in school. So I have a, a kindergarten, first grade. I was like, okay, I need to make some money and do something to pay for like all this stuff on it. Right. You know, we had already paid preschool and Hebrew school and after school. Pro like you have, kids are a lot of money. Yes. And I tried doing lunch. I don't know if you tried doing lunch and tennis, but that didn't last very long for me because I wanted to shoot myself. I love that you just, and I'm going to pause you for a second because the town that I grew, uh, that, uh, that we were in Connecticut when we left the city and I was like, I love this town. It was so great. But I was like, wait, what's everyone doing? They're playing tennis and doing lunch. Okay. If I played tennis, cause I'm super competitive and it wasn't like I played tennis before, but I was like, I will have to be the best not to beat everyone. Like that's not my thing, but just right. for myself, I can't like casually play tennis. Like I am intense and I'll have to do it, but it will literally take 
all my time up. Like that's all I'll do. And the, right. I don't want, I don't want that. I want to be home for my kids. I want this and I want that. So yes, I never lunched in tennis, but I had, yeah. I had friends right. that lunched in tennis and they were like, what do you mean? You're not, but a lot of them were miserable later in life because they were, they weren't exactly. fulfilling anything that they wanted. And that was one of the reasons why I started the podcast way back when, because right. when I was doing the fitness stuff, some of those women were my clients and they would just, and I'm like, Oh my God, that, that, this is so crazy to me. Why are they so miserable? And it was like, I need to talk like through this. So that's like when I started doing the personal journal story. So I pause, but when you said lunch and tennis, I started laughing because first I was like, what is she talking about? Oh, I know what she's talking about. Oh, totally. I did it for a little while and I was like, well, I'm not very good at tennis. So, and I'm just, I'm just as competitive as you you are. And because my eye hand coordination and spatial just wasn't there. I was like, I need to do something else. Right. Right, Like I'm going to play something else. Um, And I really was like, okay, what can I do that I'm good at? And that I can do between 8.30 and 2. So I could be around for my kids. Right. Um, I was always known that I could cook a great meal. And I was like, okay, I'll do something in food. I actually went, met a woman that went to an event called Blog Her, which is now actually a huge event. And they have them all over the country. And I went to this blogging event because I was like, I can write and take pictures. I can figure this out. I sat in the rooms. I, all the, the um, you know, the, what are they called? breakout rooms, you know, this one yeah. how to publish a book and how to take a photograph and all this stuff. I sat in the back of all those rooms, you know, me asking questions, of course. And I was like, if these freaking idiots can do this, I can do this. Like, right. that's like, you know what I mean? This is not rocket science. <laughs> right. Um, and I went home and I was like, I'm going to be a food blogger. My husband was like, great. What do you need? And <laughs> right. I was like, I don't know yet. <laughs> you know, but it took me a few years to figure that out. Um, I actually went back to IIN, which is Integrative Institute, Integrative Nutrition, got my like health coaching, you know, and I did work for, I was the head of nutrition at a lifetime spa for a while. I did this for a while, you know, I kind of go back and forth. Um, but when I started getting my brand into the media is when I was like, oh, this part is what I like. I like right. this, like, cause you're, it's almost like six degrees of separation from celebrities, you know, and I right. wasn't growing up, like I'm going to marry a C-list celebrity. Right, <laughs> right, right. Kind of. <laughs> I just want to be connected to the lights and the glamour. And, but for me, it wasn't even so much the money and that piece of it, it was like the creativity. Right. That's what I really, and that being a part of a team and being able to like have an idea and produce something together that conveys that idea and makes people want to interact. They want it. They're empowered. They're educated. They're inspired. Like understanding that you can put a play on and make people feel good. So when I was doing the food, I kind of brought that into it. um, And I did that for a few years. It wasn't until my kids were, more like 10, 11, 12 that I really start doing other stuff. I love that. And this is another thing that we talk about on this podcast a lot. And this is, you know, I want everyone to listen to that again. When you were trying all those things, you realize, wait, I like this part. And so you kind of went there. And I think so many people miss that because so many people just go through the motions of life and they really are not in tune with themselves. Wait, I like that. And I always say, this is like where my daydreaming comes in to find that spot that you can daydream about what you want your life or what you're like interested and curious about. Because when you get that spark, when you get that feeling, when your body and your mind really kind of is like, Ooh, wait, I like what you're doing. I like that feeling you need to explore it. And so many people will either push it down because they're either afraid mm-hmm. of like, oh, wait, I don't oh, that's a little too big or I don't understand. Like, uh, right. they're not confident enough in themselves where you went to those things. You were like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go and I'm going to learn because you were confident. You're like, okay, I've maybe failed before, but I'm going to, you know, kind of 
jump on it, doesn't matter. Here I go. I'm just going to go all in it. Where do you think that kind of resilience comes from? Because I have that as well, but a lot of people don't and they're scared to do that, like to take that step. Yeah. I've been talking about this a lot on different podcasts, actually, honestly, it comes from two places. My mom never put me in a box. My mom was like, you want to be like this? Okay, let's be like this. You want to do that? Let's. So there was never like any parameters. Right. Um, and I remember this distinctly. I had this, <laughs> I was like, this had to be like in the early 80s. I had, it was a jean jacket and jean skirt, but the jean part was painted yellow. And on top of the yellow painted jacket <laughs> was purple, like purple and black rockets. And it, yeah, and yeah. I had the purple t-shirt underneath it. And I remember walking downstairs and my mom saying, well, that's a costume, something like that kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be the rocket girl today. Like right. I, there was no, cause, and I was bullied as a kid, but because my mom gave me so much confidence to like, just choose what I wanted. I never understood that I was being bullied. Right. Like it never penetrated the confidence. I was more of like, why are those girls nice to me? I don't understand why they're like, I just never like. Thank God I had rose colored glasses. And that, right. that's the title of my memoir is rose colored glasses. Because I I genuinely see people for their parts. And it's usually their good parts. Now as an adult, I do see people for their trauma. Like I can see what their where their trauma makes them act a certain way. Um, but growing up and being able to be on camera and honestly be myself is a couple fold. My mom not telling me I had to be anything and whatever I decided was great not really understanding that I was being bullied and people didn't like me for things that I was doing, especially not liking me because I had confidence. Um, and that's one thing I remember at French Woods, I had a conversation with SJP because the girls were making fun of me and they, she like felt bad. And I was like, oh, they're making fun of me? Like I thought they were just saying stuff because they don't feel good about themselves. And she was like, oh, okay, kid. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately I, I went through, I lost a couple of people and I went through some horrible trauma um, a couple of years ago in a very, very short amount of time. And no matter how old you are, when you go through those kind of things, all the pretense and the, I have to do this, or I have to look a certain way kind of falls off. It's almost like when you have kids and you're not embarrassed about being naked in front of the doctors anymore, or, you're, right. or you can get another shot because I've taken so much blood. Like you kind of, I think that you allow yourself to like lose all that stuff. And when, again, when you don't have those barriers, then it's really up to you to decide what you want to do and then step forward into that. And for me, that's harder than having the confidence to pull anything off. Because if you're like, like this, honestly, this morning I had um, a pre-interview with a satellite media tour company. They want me to audition. I'll send them a thing. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't love know that, how right. to do that. I don't know. Like I, I do TV all the time, but I've never done products for TV, but I'll figure it out. Yes. So I think I have that gene rather than the, oh, I need to know what I'm doing. And then I'll make right. a plan and then where I'm like, two feet. Let's go. Yeah. And and that's why we got, that's why we get, you know, along so well, because I always say, and I don't know who said this or if I said it, because I don't think it's correct grammar anyways, but everything is figure outable. Everything is figure outable. You can figure everything out. It might not be for you, but you can figure it out if it's something you want to figure out. So I say that to my kids all the time. Like if it's something that you want to do or you want to figure out, you will find a way. If it's not that important to you, you might not, but don't let fear or like, oh, I don't know if I can do it, get in the way of that because that is not, that's not the way you want to live. 
Right. Because right, you're never going to figure it out. But if it's something that you want to figure out, you will figure it. Everything's figure outable. Um, so, so that's Marie Forleo. That's is a, it? She has a book called that, like, every, you know, <laughs> you can, everything's figure outable. But so I do this thing for me, for myself now, because I don't want people listening to be like, oh, Juliet and Beth never get nervous. There's never, I'm like, that right. is not true. I want to throw up every time I'm, I'm on TV. I don't, but then I get on TV, but I do this thing. I and mean, I'd love to tell your audience about it. I call it, I call it just be brief. Essentially. If you're having that hard time, you close your eyes and you tell yourself to just be brave. And if it has to be when you wake up in the morning and be like, okay, I'm going to be brave till 1130. And then we'll see, maybe I'll get back into bed and watch TV for the rest of the day. Or maybe, okay, it's 1130. I'm going to be brave till my kids come home from school, but I'm going to shut my computer. I don't need to look at it again. Like giving yourself that mantra that take the just be brave. Um, it's really, I think, helpful for when we have those times, because when you and I are doing what we need to do, and when we're trying to level up, guess what? That's when it, it has, you have to be brave again. Like everyone thinks like you get to six or seven or eight figures and then you're, you're good. No. Cause then you have to get to the 6.1 and 6.2, right. 6.3. Like, so for me, I just tell myself to be brave and I believe myself that I can be brave. And then I'm able to move through it because this confidence piece, I would say is 80% of the battle when you're actually a new entrepreneur. No. And that's so true. And I love that you said that because, right, I, I am speaking at PodFest uh, in, I think, three weeks. And I have I have not even started my presentation because, well, but it's funny because I'm like, okay, I need to start. But I'm literally like, oh, okay. I don't, I, the way I do things is I just go up and speak, but I have to have a presentation. You know, this is like a, a professional speaking engagement. So I need to have it wrapped up a little bit more. And I'm, I'm like not stuck, but there's, I know it's going to happen because all of a sudden I'll sit down and do it. But mm-hmm. every day I'm like, is today the day? No, but I got to get mm-hmm. on it. Cause I'm <laughs> last coming. minute. Like if I had I'm to do such it for Friday, minute. I would do it tomorrow yeah. or maybe Thursday. Like if it's due at 11 o'clock, I'll be doing it at 1027. <laughs> right. But but don't you feel that some of that adrenaline, that adrenaline gets me excited and gets me actually to finish it faster. That's how I finished my workshop. I started that. I was like, I have this idea. I sat down and I finished it in a weekend. And it was crazy because everyone that sees it, they're like, wait, how did you finish this weekend? I'm like, it was all up here. I just needed right. to put it on paper. But because of my dyslexia, sometimes it doesn't go on paper well, but that day it just was meant to happen. The flow just happened. So please tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to now and next. Awesome. So you can find me on every social media platform at Beth Nydick, or you can go to BethNydick.com and there you can find my latest magazine called Get Media Now. It's 10 pages of articles and actually worksheets to get you and your business ready for media. But also my DMs are always open. So ask me any questions, share your stories. Let me know you're listening on Instagram. And you, and you have to tell them how to spell it. Cause if my listeners are dyslexic <laughs> like me, they're going to be like, I don't know how to spell that. It's going to be in the so show notes. Beth, but <laughs> Right. It's Beth. It's Nydic. It's New York. NY Dick. <laughs> there you go. I love That's how you say it works best. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this is, I, I mean, I've been so excited for this, uh, for us to talk because I know we scheduled it back. I mean, I feel like a couple months ago, but it was like, okay, here, I know I was booked up and then you were booked up and we we're like, you know, going back and forth. And, um, it's just, I'm so excited to see what's happening. I do want to share with the listeners cause this was the last time that we actually really like got jumped on the phone is what happened with, you were on the Drew Barrymore show. show. Give us I a was. little bit of that and show and tell us like, you know, what that was, what that meant to you, but then also kind of the back, the back history of that. 
Sure. So I had been saying for about a year that I want to be on the Drew Barrymore show. As soon as she came out, I was like, it's perfect I love her. my audience. It's what I want to be on. So I had met a gentleman who was a producer at Tamron Hall. He left there. He went to Nick Cannon. He left where? Guess where he went? Drew Barrymore show. This is a guy I've been telling for more than a year that I want to be on national TV, that I want to be on Drew Barrymore. You know, I wasn't right for the other shows he was on, but I kept that relationship going. And when he had a slot that I would fit into, he called. I love it. That's really, you know, um, but it was an audience segment. So just being completely vulnerable and transparent, I have a very hard time celebrating that because I didn't hit my goal. My goal wasn't to just appear. My goal is to be on the segment, to do all this, to do all the stuff that I wanted to do. My coaches, my friends, people in my community are like, Beth, it's okay to celebrate this part. Yes. Cause but it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. Right. That part's going to happen. But I'm, I didn't celebrate like the audience segment piece as like, I really made that happen. Right. But I did, but for, you know, because I'm a normal person and I want to tell your audience actually how my brain works and not like, Oh, it's great. I'm such a good, I'm a superstar. No, did, but did, was I able to leverage it for um, energy around my brand and I've gotten a lot more listeners and a lot more people on my email list and a lot more people interested in my products a thousand percent because I leveraged the crap out of that right but on the more personal side like I'm still working towards that goal I made it one step and then maybe it illustrates to me and something I haven't really thought about to be honest is that like maybe I wasn't meant to go or it's hard to go just right into you know, having your full segment, maybe they need to see that I could speak on camera and people like my energy and people didn't change the channel when I talked and all the stuff that kind of goes into how they do it and how they produce. Well, then that's what I was going to say. And I, that's, I was just going to say to you, cause that was a stepping stone and you know, right. it's going to happen because that, that's the thing. And that's where one of the things that I always will tell my clients or listeners think about every opportunity that kind of comes your way and don't say no. Like if something comes, I say yes to everything. And then I'm like, oh shit. Okay. I got to figure. I mean, unless I have like a huge, you know, like something that I like a wedding or like a confirmation that I'm like, oh, I actually just cannot. But there's been times where I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that in my head. And I'll go sit with my husband and he's like, figure it out. And I'm like, you're right. I got to figure it out. I got to move things. And that's so important because that the networking part of life. And when you're an entrepreneur is so huge. So what I want to do as we kind of close this out is I would love for you to give the listeners like your top three tips on what to do if they are a new entrepreneur and they're looking to get their brand out there more. So you're looking to get visible. Like let's, let's put it in the right parameters. But sometimes when we say PR, people are like, I don't know what to do. So you're made to get visible. Thinking about it this way. You're, we always talk about the ideal client, but let's talk about it in a way that we're talking about what they're watching, what they're reading, and what they're listening to. So I always say this, go to somebody that you see that's doing what you want to be doing. Where are their clients? Because remember, their clients are the same as your clients, your, you know, your ideal audience member. You can see where they're appearing, what their what platforms they're on. Guess what? You can try to be on those same platforms because you're talking to the right people. So, so many times we're worried about like getting likes and getting followers and getting people into our funnels. But I want you to think about making connections to the right people in the right places so when they see Juliet once on her podcast and they see her again on Fireside, they see her again, they're like, oh, she's being, she's visible to her, to her people everywhere, but she's covering herself so that she's being seen as an expert in all these different platforms. And when that audience can see you in the same vein as somebody maybe you're emulating, that's when it's time to really express your, your brand message, the energy around it, but getting that visibility on that, in that space and thinking about it that way is a little different. The other thing is like in real, like 
let's do this terms. Talk about your marketing message versus your media message. Your marketing message is the message that you use to get people to do things, right? To engage with your audience, to listen to your podcast, to buy your products. Your media message is where you allow people the space to feel about what you're thinking about. Like, Julia, I'd ask you, what is that message deep down in your gut that you don't often talk about, but you still think, you still feel like you need the world to understand this because it's important to the world to know? I mean, it's really that we all have stories, that everyone has a story and that everyone can learn from each other. We just have to listen. Okay. So maybe your your local newscast pitch could be around storytelling, the three parts of a story, why storytelling is important, how we can use storytelling to improve our brand, how we can use storytelling to improve our life, how you can connect with your kids through story, whatever it is. Like, I know that's bigger than what you do, but whatever that is. I always say this, think about what that title is. Think about the three or four talking points that you can talk about under that title. That's your pitch to your local news station. Like we, the idea of getting on TV is so big to so many people, but because of COVID and everything that's been going on, your local TV station needs help. Right. Also in the TV station, one producer is now doing the produce, producer job of four or five people. And their job is to get content on their air that's going to make their audience continue to watch Buy the, buy the products of their ads, you know, maybe engage with their social media. And how can you help those do the same three things? When I talk to people so often about media, they're so much more concerned with their story and where they come from. It's like, no, you need to convince this producer that what you're going to tell their audience is going to help their bottom line. They don't give a crap about yours. Right. Like to be completely like, it's not about what you do. And, you know, so often I just want people to feel happy. That's great. But no producer is going to want to put you on your air to make their, tell their audience to feel happy. What can you say? What can you show? What can you do to help their audience find a way to happiness? So there's a big difference taking your media message and your marketing message apart. Um, you can really lean into that. And I just always ask everybody to do this. Go to your local Facebook page. Like legit. Pick, whoever's listening, pick up your phone. Go to your local legit Facebook page and write this. Who do you know that works in TV and podcasting? That's it. Nothing else. That's that's all you have. Put it put it out. Like hit post. Go do it. Hit, hit post. Like hit post. Go do it right, <laughs> right now. Right. Hit post. And I usually do this live on my classes with my programs. Hit post. Wait to see what comes in. My daughter has a podcast on about entrepreneurship. She lives in Colorado. My I have a podcast. I'm talking about mommyhood. Oh, here's you will not believe that things are gonna come through for you. Please. Whenever you find, screenshot it and tag Juliet and I, you will, you will respond to you. But that's a way for you to find out where you have the opportunities right at home. And then you can move through there. You know, then it's like saying yes to every opportunity, say yes to every network connection you can get. I always tell new entrepreneurs, I'm like, start making a list and checking it twice because everybody you've ever met in the next 30 years, I want you to email them twice a year. Right. So three things I told you, thinking about your marketing message versus your media message calling your local TV station because you do have a message to tell them. But if those things are too much for you right now, let's just start with Facebook and put out there who works in what, because somebody that you know, or somebody that you know, that knows them 
know somebody that works in media. I love that. I love that. And now for anyone that's like, oh, wait, I don't have Facebook. They can email that, right? They can take their email list or their friends oh and family God, totally. and do the same thing. So don't just say, oh, thousand percent. I don't have Facebook. I don't have social media, so I can't do this exercise. Yes, you can. Cause you have all your friends and family, you know, aunts and uncles, all those people are still those same people that you can connect with. Thousand percent. Your Christmas list, whatever email list, your churches list, or like, I always say, where if you need if you want to start at home, that's actually the best place to start, right? So call your local religious leader, call your alumni association. You know, can you do a presentation to the moms of the local X group? Like where I live, there's a group um, of there's a group called Friendship Circle that helps families that have children that have medical and, and different challenges. That's the population you want to work in. Call them and do a free class. Right. Like there's so many opportunities, and I hope what we said today gives you maybe a little bit more space to like get over yourself and go out and do it because the way, the reason that Juliet and I are where we are is because we literally just opened our mouths and told everybody what we wanted. Right. And guess what? We did the work to make it come and it's here. Exactly. (laughs) It's really much, it's, we make it so difficult and it's not. Right. And I a hundred percent agree with that. Okay. So shout out and let everyone know where they can find you again. And you guys, thank you again. Yeah. Of course. So I'm a Beth Nydick. That's NY Dick. Beth and my dick on it. Uh, but you could also go in the show notes and find how to, how to find it. But please, please go to my website, download the get media now magazine. There's so much information in there, but especially the things that we talked about, lots of great exercises. And I always say for Juliet's listeners, my DMS are always open. You have a question, a comment. You want to tell me I suck. Please come out and tell me anything that you want to share. Uh, I appreciate it. And Juliet, thank you so much for having me on. You know, I always love being together. Yes, I know. And I can't wait till we see each other again and catch up uh, having some cocktails. Guys, you know what to do. Right now you're listening to this, right? Beth gave you some really, really good tools, really good things. You might be thinking, oh, I don't need that because I already have my job. I'm a teacher, you know, or I'm a doctor. I'm this and that. You have people in your life that either want to get out of where they are and they want to be an entrepreneur, or you have people in your life that are already doing it and maybe not doing things correctly. So take this episode and share it with five, six of your friends and tell them to do the same thing because you know someone needs to hear this. So again, you guys know where to find me at I am Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T, Han, H-A-H-N, com or on all the socials. It's either Juliet Han or I am a M Juliet Han. And we will see you guys next week with another person that has followed a dream and passion and turned it into a business. Uh, like share comment. And again, you guys giving reviews is what helps get my podcast into more people's ears. So do that. You can also find me on YouTube. If you want to watch these little, you know, snippets and the segments, they'll be on there as well. But Beth, thank you again. It's so good to catch up with you as always. Thank you for having me. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week.